One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad. All right, Pete, thank you so much for coming back. Hey, of course. Thanks for having me. It's been a hot minute. The last time we were on was Hellraiser. That was a good one. And Saw. That's right. And now we're talking about another franchise you like, National Treasure. National Treasure, one of the goats. So we're talking about National Treasure from 2004, and then National Treasure 2, The Book of Secrets, from 2007. So before we walk through these two awesome movies, I have to ask, why National Treasure? Why did it resonate so much with you? Well, I think it's just so different, you know? compared to like everything else that's out there, Nick Cage-wise. So, um, no, so National Treasure, let's see. It was 04. Yep. Already, 04, 04. I saw National Treasure when it hit theaters. Oh, dang. Yeah, it was like the first weekend it was in theaters, and my family and I, we were driving around the East Coast. We were in Baltimore, and we were flying, no, we were driving to D.C., and we were just like, hey, let's... uh check out National Treasure. You're going to D.C. Mm-hmm. And the National Treasure comes out. Mm-hmm. Did you feel like it? The, the the stars were aligning? You're like, oh my God, should I steal the Declaration of Independence? No, we were just like, hey, we want to go see a movie tonight? <laughs> and, you know, uh, miraculously, it was the weekend that National Treasure came out and we were like, oh, what's this about? Yeah. No idea. But you went in blind. Went in blind. And I think my parents are actually Nick Cage fans, like secretly. No. I think they're secretly Nick Cage oh fans. Oh, my God. I think it has to do with like Snake Eyes or The Rock or, <laughs> you know, Face Off, one of those. I'm pretty sure they're not Wicker know, Man. A Wicker Man. The Bees. Not the Bees. Um, no, no, no. So we saw it in theaters and. It was unlike anything I've ever seen before at that age. Let's see, 2004, I was, shit, I was 
I think I was 14. Yeah, I was 13. Yeah, I was 14 years old and... High school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw it and I'm just thinking, holy shit. Because like, there's all these like little little symbols in the movie that yes. are that you see in like real life and you're like yes. wait a minute i know what that is yeah i've seen that before on a one dollar bill i've seen that before on a hundred dollar bill oh my god is this real i'm like is this the illuminati is that what this is yes you saw my reaction because you saw i've never seen this movie mm-hmm. before right i've only heard of this movie and when it came out i was already like neck deep in conspiracy theory lore and when it came out I was like, okay, like, I think what they're talking about is, quote, real, except there is no treasure, which we're going to get into. Do we know that, though? Well, we don't there know. could that. be. We don't know that. I but, mean, I mean, this could exist just as much as ancient aliens existed. But, like, you saw my reaction. The first, like, five minutes of the movie, I'm like, oh, my God. The first ten. What? But yeah, but then the first five minutes after the first five minutes, the first six to ten minutes, <laughs> you were yeah. passed out. I saw you just glaze over and fall asleep. I was shocked. I was like, oh my God. Well, we were watching this at like, what? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like midnight. You're like, let's put on National Treasure. After we did the Prey podcast, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And we're just like, yeah, let's put on National Treasure. And then two seconds later, Armand's just. <laughs> we had the spiciest chicken wings. Yeah, it was Not good. chicken wings, chicken tenders. Chicken tenders. Dave's hot chicken. Lips were numb. It's mm-hmm. good stuff. But anyway, right, National Treasure. Back to National Treasure. Yeah, I was like, my mind was blown because like, I don't expect a movie to be like, and then these are the Freemasons. Our founding fathers were Freemasons. And then as you know, that is the all-seeing eye. And I'm like, what? And then before that, it was like, and then the Knights Templar stole cool, the gold. I was like, oh my God, yeah. they're doing it. Well, they're doing it cool, all. What was cool is that you saw the all-seeing eye above the unfinished pyramid. Yes. The same way you see it on the back of the $1. Yes. And you're like, ooh, that's dope. So this is what we're going to talk about with this podcast. We're going to talk about the National Treasure movies. This is a little teaser for the listener. We're going to talk about both National Treasure movies. We're going to talk about the upcoming series on Disney Plus and National Treasure 3 that was announced by Jerry Bruckheimer. And the icing on the cake, my uh, encounter with... Aliens? The, the Freemasons. Oh, I thought you were going to say aliens. Because I was one inch close to joining a lodge of Freemasons. I backed out last minute. We're going to talk about all that in the next hour. Cool, man. The I'm down. Theories I'm down for that. Along the way. You saw the checkerboard? I did. Floor? I saw the checkerboard. I saw the altar. I saw the symbols. I even saw a Knight's Templar sword. But we're going to get into that soon. Cool. So before we get into that, Pete, could you describe the movie National Treasure and National Treasure 2 to the listener as if they'd never seen it before? All right. How long do I have? As long as you want. Okay. Alrighty. So the movie itself takes place in current day and you're following some modern day treasure hunters who are on a quest to discover a treasure that is nationally based <laughs> due to the Freemasons. <laughs> no, no, no. So uh, it's, you, you, you have these uh, modern treasure seekers who are Nick Cage. Nick Cage and Doug from The Hangover. Doug from, yep. <laughs> Doug from The Hangover. As well as, you know, your typical like blonde German bad guy who becomes a bad guy in the first 10 minutes. 
um, pretty much lives Sean that Bean. stereotype. Is that his name? Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Sean Bean. 006 yeah. and Eddard Stark and Boromir from Lord of the Rings. So it's a whole bunch of treasure hunters as we get this train back on the rails. Um, and they are solving complex riddles and clues that lead to more complex riddles and clues in order to get one step closer to this mythical treasure that has been accumulated over time and over time and over time until it lands in, into the hands of our founding, founding fathers. Yep. Um, of course, there's a lot of drama in it and, you know, the typical cinema formula, the ups and downs, but... The climax, the resolution. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> Overall, it is quite the journey. Um, it's quite the roller coaster ride. And something that was so original when it came out, there was not much like it. Yeah, you could, you know, kind of compare the the journey of it to like Indiana Jones and like mm-hmm. all of that. But this is cool because it takes place like on American soil. You're dealing with like Benjamin Franklin, George Washington, all these other founding fathers of the country and um, you see all these, you know, national monuments and how they oh, yeah. are also tied to this whole complex series of riddles yeah. and puzzles and the overall treasure. I don't really describe it, but that's movie one. Yeah, <laughs> movie one okay. and next. Yeah, let's unpack the first movie before we get to the second movie. So the movie, well, the story follows present day uh, treasure hunter, like you said, Benjamin Franklin Gates. Quite the name. Man, I can't wait to name my son Abraham Lincoln Casa. (laughs) George Washington Casa. Yes. Sitting next to Thomas Jefferson Casa. (laughs) Roger that. That would be amazing. Like, you just name all your kids the Founding Fathers. But, like, his dad totally knew what he was doing when he named his kid Benjamin Franklin Gates. I thought it was, I couldn't stop laughing. When they said his name, I was like, well, that's like the first five minutes, right? Yes. Yeah. When I was still awake. Oh, yeah, yeah. Gets like knighted with like a broomstick, (laughs) you know? Yes. Oh, my God. In his grandfather's attic. Oh, my God. But anyways, so we're following him. He's played by Nicolas Cage, and Nicolas Cage is full-on Cage in this movie. He has his Nick Cage hair, which is like blonde, and it's like sticking up, like this quaff. And then he meets what abigail chase abigail chase she is um who she was she was with the white house or something like that it's like fbi no she's not fbi i think oh now i remember she's like the curator for some museum no she is in charge of curation of archived documents oh right or something like that yeah but then we get close. we get into like movie two, and she's then dating the White House curator. Oh, yeah, that's right, that's right. Okay, anyways, so he is on like a quest to find, like you said, this hidden treasure. It's a family quest it's passed f- down generation to generation. Yeah, and he's trying to find this treasure. He's going through all these clues. You know, it's treasure that was accumulated since like before the crusades and Mm -hmm. it was like and then like you said it's in the hands of the founding fathers and then somehow it's somewhere somewhere in america Mm -hmm. and the movie opens where he's in antarctica and he finds like this lost ship and it's just a red herring because like you know what i love about that though what i love the whole antarctic scene because as soon as he's like you know 
okay, he gets knighted when he's like six by his grandfather in his grandfather's attic. Mm -hmm. After he hears his whole story about this long lost treasure that the founding fathers hid and the whole transition, it goes from this little kid, like innocent face to boom, Nick Cage in the Antarctic (laughs) with a, you know, Canadian goose jacket on fur flown in the air. And it's like, you know, Arctic sunglasses on and he's just like yeah nick cage it was a very (laughs) it was like okay so if brand name is like the indiana jones the last crusade transition as he goes from kid to harrison ford this is like great value where it goes from kid this is like wish.com it's like wish.com nick cage's character is like the wish.com version of indiana jones and they had a disney budget they did i mean the film it looked nice it was polished Given the time, 2004, I, th- I thought it was a great looking film, mm-hmm. but like... I'm a big fan. I'm still a big fan. You got Nick Cage, and he is like a cross between like Indiana Jones and Johnny English. I would say he's a cross between Indiana Jones and his character in Gone in 60 Seconds. And then you add in Robert Langley from Da Vinci Code. Who's Robert Langley? Uh, the Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks? John Langdon? Whatever. <laughs> Wait, is that his name? John Langdon? I think that's right. Something Langdon? The main character of Din- uh, Langdon. Yes. Langdon. Dr. Langdon. Yeah, the symbology. Yeah, isn't he like a, a knockoff of Tom Hanks's character? Robert Langdon. That's his name. Robert Langdon. I was close. Yep. Robert Langley. Langley. <laughs> Langdon. Yeah, he's like a uh, he's like a, a kid's version of Robert Langdon. Exactly. But that, only in the U.S. That was the vibes for me watching this movie. I was like, this is like a kid's version of Da Vinci Code. Yes. Yes, to a T. Because I was watching, I'm like, okay, so instead of like finding the bloodline of Jesus, they're finding buried treasure that the founding fathers hid. It's, it's the same exact setup. And like they have like these antagonists. Uh, pirates, I guess, uh, following Nick Cage. You could call them pirates. Yeah. Pirates. Mm-hmm. Modern day pirates. Modern day German pirates. Or uh, grave robbers, treasure robbers, robbers. Treasure hunters. Yeah, treasure hunters. Yeah. Because Nick Cage wants to protect the treasure. That's why he's like, we're more like treasure in- protectors. Indiana Jones. <laughs> it belongs in a museum. Right. So he's all about protecting the treasure. Yes. Whereas... His old buddy Ian, who's the antagonist, the German pirate, is like, no, I need the money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The movie is so balls to the wall insane, and I absolutely love it because it's like, I saw the memes at the time where Nicolas Cage is like, oh, we have to go here. We have to steal the Declaration of Independence, and he literally steals the Declaration of Independence in this movie. But how he does it is so cool. Would you like to unpack how he did it? Would you like to? Because I'll just word vomit all over the way that he did it. That's how, that's how I do things. I, I will word vomit okay. all over everything. Here's, here's the setup. So the Freemasons have hidden a treasure and they left all these clues for some reason for somebody to find it all. And so it's buried somewhere in America and all these national monuments, all these national uh, keepsakes from the founding fathers, including the declaration of independence has these clues to lead towards the treasure and our founding fathers. Most of them 
or Freemason, and that's where the breadcrumb is. It's like, okay, these are Freemasons. They know where the treasure is. They hid the treasure. And Nick Cage is like, okay, so we have to steal the Declaration of Independence because, like, there's a secret uh, uh, cryptology to, like, the symbols embedded in it with hidden ink. All around our national symbols. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so... He goes into wherever they're having the Declaration of Independence. Um, I think it was in the Library of Congress, maybe? No. Um, shit, I don't even know where the thing is. Like, where is that? Like, <laughs> Maybe it's in the Smithsonian. Where is no. it where you can visit it? I don't know, because I didn't see it. I, would have, I mean, I, I, I was in D.C. like two days after seeing this movie, and I have no idea where the Declaration <laughs> even lives. I went to, because when I was in D.C., I went to Smithsonian. I saw the White House, saw the Capitol. I didn't see no Declaration of Independence anywhere. Mm -hmm. You gotta look it up. I'm gonna look it up. Okay. I'm gonna see where this thing goes. So as you look it up, so Nick Cage has to go into the facility and he does like this, like, he does this Mission Impossible-esque tactic to get it because he has to go through the the vents. He has to go through. So he doesn't go through the vents. He actually does a whole James Bond thing where he's wearing a tuxedo under... Under a um, mechanic, uh, mechanic janitor. janitor slash like maintenance type of uniform, yeah. And he walks in like he just owns the place. He's like, "Hey, Paul, going through like the metal detector, takes off his tool belt, you know, puts it on the thing." And they're like, "Okay, come on." So he goes into a bathroom, rips off his maintenance outfit like he's James Bond with a full <laughs> tuxedo on under it, Nick Cage, and then. I love how the movie is edited to where it leaves like an extra five seconds in that scene. And Riley, his friend is like, how do you look? And he like checks himself out in the mirror. He's like, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, typical Nick Cage and he's just, whatever, pure, <laughs> pure cheese. But um, yeah, so he goes through this whole party that's going on at the national archives, because yeah. I just looked it up. The declarations at the national archives. Okay. My dumbass. So <laughs> basically um, what they did before the party was Riley. He yeah. tapes a heat laser onto a camcorder. Like he's <laughs> like, he's like, you know, recording DC, like a normal tourist and yeah. whatever, but he puts the heat laser onto the declaration while an old person is looking at it and an alarm triggers it and the people that are in charge of you know old documents are like oh the temperature is going up in the declaration we gotta bring it down and make sure it's okay so that's why they go to this party at the national archives yep blah 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 and nick cage does a whole bunch of james bond shit and is able to get this declaration meanwhile linear to all that happening the german pirate in this movie is going through like air vents. I don't know if he's German. I think he's German. (laughs) He's using like C4 to like blow up like doors and shit. And they're like tasing like security guys. As Germans do. So you have like the whole brute force part of this. And then, so that's like the pirate side. But the Nick Cage side is like this like suave, smooth. Right. I love that uh, Mm -hmm. contrast between Nick Cage's team, who is like going in like espionage stealth mode to like get it out as quiet as possible. And the pirates, the German pirates, they're like busting down doors, tasing security guards. So it's like, okay, we have this contrast. It's a race against time. Mm-hmm. 
The clock is ticking. It's like Gone in 60 Seconds. Yes. It is Gone in 60 Seconds meets The Da Vinci Code meets... Indy. Indiana Jones. Yep. Yeah. That's what this movie is. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's such a weird hybrid of all those movies. But, like, I truly appreciate it because, like, we don't get those spy movies a lot. And, like, this... Remove the spies, but, like, you kept all, like, the cool gadgetry mm-hmm. uh, with it. Because, like, at the National Archives party, where we talked about Abigail Chase, she works there. She's, like, the director. And he is, like semi flirting with her to like get her champagne glass mm-hmm. and like he like puts like this epoxy on the champagne glass and then puts a glove on to get her fingerprint off of the champagne glass and then use that to go through the biometric science scanner. bitch it's so cool i was like this is awesome this is yeah that was pretty tight that was well worth the price of admission yep and the price of admission was Disney Plus. Right. But then also, like, yeah, that whole scene is super cool. And you got to, like, you know, take into account, okay, it's a movie. Would this happen in real life? Yes. And I'm thinking... It's Nick Cage. I'm thinking, okay, if this is real life, the way that he gets his, that he gets her fingerprint is that he mails her a George Washington presidential button. Yep. That he has. That he has, you know, <laughs> stowed away because he's like, oh, yeah, I found one of those one time. And he, like, you know, puts some lemon juice on it or some shit and mails it to her so he like you know makes sure that she touches it yeah and he hopes that her fingerprints are not washed he hopes that she does not wash her hands in between yeah. those 24 hours she's a dirty girl and he she's knows a dirty it. girl and he's like <laughs> she'll touch that keyboard so anyways yeah so like i loved all of his because like riley is like his cue like he has He's like the brain of the operation, mm-hmm. Doug from The Hangover. Mm-hmm. And like seeing him, because I just know him from The Hangover. And I'm like, oh my God. And he's in a bunch of things, actually. My favorite scene with Riley yeah. in this movie is when they are at the... Man, I'm, I'm terrible. I don't know where anything is in Washington oh, or boy. what it's called. <laughs> um, Washington Monument. The friend. Library of Congress. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're at the Library of Congress. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, they're, they're at the Library of Congress and they're trying to figure out like, okay, how do we, you know, use these blueprints to get into the building and steal this thing? National and, Archives. National Archives. Here's Library of Congress is in the second film, oh, which we're going to get to. Ball sack. <laughs> so anyways, they are looking through blueprints and Riley's like, this is impossible. I can't do this. <laughs> and Nick Cage is like, have you heard of the preservation room? And, he, and Riley's like, is that full of jams and jellies? Doesn't sound like that. Is that where they keep the jams and jellies? <laughs> I, I just love that scene. Oh my god. I loved how he was like okay, so Nick Cage is like being suave, being like a James Bond guy, and Riley is like his entire command center is like in a bathroom stall. And yes. he has all his computers taped to the wall. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Riley's the man. Riley Riley deserves a lot more credit in the movie. He's definitely the comic relief and you know, he's a nerd, so it's like he's mm-hmm. you know, he's an easy punching man. Yeah, but how suave is Nick Cage actually? This man is running around in a corduroy blazer uh-huh. with a white button-up with the collar popped out of it like he's Scarface. <laughs> so this takes place in 2004, uh, yeah. give or take a year or two because yep. that's supposed to be modern day, but he's dressed like it's like 1991. 
or like 1985. Somewhere in between that. You know, I think some dudes just, just have it, a personality. It's pure Nick Cage. Yeah, it's Nick Cage. Mm -hmm. You know, I bet you he didn't even like call wardrobe. He just brought his own clothes. Yeah, that's probably how he got dressed that morning. He's like, you know what? I'm good. This is my character. He's a method actor. He's a method actor. I play myself. I play myself. You know, I am Benjamin Franklin Gates. Treasure hunter. The treasure hunter. Treasure protector. Treasure protector. So yeah, then he steals the Declaration of Independence. Um, but before he steals it, he also gets caught with it. He does. While he's trying to evade security yes. in the National Archives during yes. this party. And he hops into a gift shop. Mm -hmm. And the woman working the gift shop is like, are you really going to steal that? <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 no. She was like, sir, are you going to pay for that? And he's like, this? Yeah. And she's like, that'd be $36. And he's like, uh, for this? <laughs> and he's thinking, this is the actual declaration. But she thinks it's a replica poster yeah, that, that they're, that they're also selling that night. Yes. And smart of him to buy two of them yeah. or buy a second one yep. as a souvenir souvenir so to speak if he has to use it in case of emergencies that's right good thinking benjamin franklin gates good thinking so then he pays with it with his credit card yes leaves the building red alerts they find out that the declaration has been stolen he's trying to get out the enemy team is trying to get out. And so he is like at the finish line, about to jump into the van with Riley. Abigail Chase mm -hmm. is chasing after them. And what does she do? She's like, stop. Sound security. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, the German pirates hear her. <clears throat> and meanwhile, so Riley yeah. has like this really cool, like tech central hub sprinter van yep. which is pretty sweet mm -hmm. and these german pirates have like a food truck yeah so abigail chase is sounding the alarm because nick cage is running out with the declaration and he puts the real one inside of his little sprinter van but he's holding on to the replica one that's right and she's like give me that he's like okay here take it take the replica one but she no one has any idea except for him yep and while she's screaming for security the German pirates in the food truck are like, oh, that's the lady that's helping out Nick Cage and blah, blah, blah. Let's shoot at them. So you see this German dude pull out a pistol and shoot at this chick and then chaos ensues. Chaos does ensue. There's and then a we get a car chase. We get a car chase, more like a truck chase. <laughs> and I mean, that had some of the most action in the entire movie, that car chase. Yeah, they're flying around uh, Washington, D.C., evading cars, police, bullets. It was awesome. More Glass, trucks. Glasses being blown out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ramming into trucks. So they get away. So Abigail thinks like, oh, my God, why are you stealing the Declaration of Independence? And then he reveals, one, that the German pirates don't have the original copy. Right, because they stole the fake one from her yeah. when they abducted her. And that's when he says the line, we're not, we're not pirates or robbers. We're, we're national treasure preservers. And they're trying to preserve the treasure and not let it get into evil hands. Greedy hands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if we could take a step back from that, like... I say this is like the kids version of like Da Vinci Code or Indiana Jones because like in Raiders, it's like the same premise where they're trying to find the treasure before the Nazis because mm -hmm. they can use it, take over the world. 
And then in Da Vinci Code, it's like, oh, we need to find out the secrets of Jesus because if it falls in the wrong hands, it'll like destroy Western civilization. Religion will get wiped out. Right. Mm -hmm. So we can't let that happen. And then here it's like, we need to find the treasure because we can't let the bad guys get the money. We can't let them win. Yeah. So it's like, as a kid, they'll be rich. As a kid watching this, it's like, oh man, we have to stop them because stealing is bad. We gotta stop the bad guys. Yeah. Right, Dad? Yeah, son. So it's like the stakes aren't as high as like other films of this caliber. It's also Disney, though. So, you know. That's true. And. But here's the thing even watching it as an adult, you're watching it and you're just like, yeah, fuck those guys, man. Yeah, fuck those guys. Because we're rooting for Nick Cage because he's Nick Cage. When, when do you not root for Nick Cage? Never. Never. Because he's Nick Cage. Because Nick Cage is the national treasure. Nah, he really is. Man, that man is, is nuts. But like, what's interesting is, so they have the declaration. They find the codes embedded within the page of the declaration. And they see the Masonic symbol yes. of the compass and square. The G in the middle. And I was like, oh my God. You're like, They're oh doing my it. God. It's like, I know exactly what that is. I stood up, I clapped. I was like, I get the reference. So, Did you stand up by yourself in your apartment? Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, bravo. Bravo. Bravo, Disney. You did it. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, that leads to the clue of I'm going to try and not get these two movies confused because I know in the second film they go to Mount Rushmore. They do. But let's not jump into movie two. So movie one. Movie one. Where do they go from there? Philadelphia. That's right. Independence Hall. Mm-hmm. Because they have to go to the but Liberty Bell. They're using the sounds do good letters to uh, decipher the codes on the back of the Declaration of Independence. Right. Because Benjamin Franklin That's right. would write letters as silence do good. Is that the name? Do good. Yes. What a name, man. Do good. It's weird. So... It's yeah. disguised as like an old lady right, writing exactly. the letters, but exactly. it's actually him. Man, talk about conspiracies, man. <laughs> talk about actual conspiracies. Anyways, so who owns the Sounds Do Good letters? Nick Cage's father in the movie. Yeah. But then we learn, we come to find out that his father donates them to a museum in Philadelphia. Because yes. he's like, they should be in a museum. Yeah. Well, Yes, that's a whole MO for the Gates family. Yep. So they go from D.C. to Philly, and they use the help of a little kindergarten boy to go yes. into the museum and decode, you know, line by line what they're looking for in these Sounds Too Good letters. And what's funny is they're using this little kid. Meanwhile, the German pirates catch up with them, and they're using the kids so that, you know, these German dudes don't, you know, bump into them and try to get their info and clue knowledge and stuff so they're always like two steps behind nick cage because nick cage is just like we gotta do this and we have to go to that and we're gonna be in we're gonna be in the lead of this treasure race and boom they're just figuring out everything yeah so they go from whatever museum that they're at to independence hall that's right yes because they're like oh we have to go there because these letters are basically you know giving clues about the 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 bell that Lib- was liberty the bell. liberty bell i'm a terrible american yeah jeez <laughs> how the hell did this I movie pass felt history? like a giant history it class. is it is a big history class i was like wow like i feel like personally when i was watching this i'm like this is like a, a master class in like 
American history. You, you hit all the high notes. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like has a sheen of like conspiracy theory over it, but it's like you got all the fundamentals. You learn about uh, the founding fathers, Benjamin Franklin. You know, you see all the landmarks. You see D.C., Independence Hall, like all these like revolutionary colonial landmarks. And you learn about the documents as well. Declaration of Independence. Mm-hmm. You know what's funny, though? What? Before they get to Independence Hall. What? They go to Urban Outfitters. And they, they are like, okay, before we do anything, we got to change our clothes. Because they're, they're still wearing like the ball gown and the tuxedos yeah. from the night before and everything else. And they get all these clues to go to Independence Hall, but they're like, wait a minute. What was that clue again? So they pull out a $100 bill and there's a <laughs> classic, classic still frame of Nick Cage. I remember the original National Treasure prom- promos. Like the Mark Mountain. That's right. Water bottle in front of a $100 bill, the backside of it. And he's like, I have to look at the time on the clock on this, yeah. on this bill. Yeah. Cause that's the time that we got to be there for this. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? I'm like, and I'm like, dad, can I see a hundred dollar bill? He's like, no. <laughs> Cause I wanted to see if there was actually like a clock on the back and see if there's a true time on it or something. There is. And there is. <laughs> and I'm just like, no way. I'm like, dad, this is real, man. <laughs> and you know, my 14 year old self is like, I'm gonna go find this treasure now. Holy but shit, I was like, real. what's funny about it is that you, one, you get this throwback look of urban outfitters before yeah. it's all like TikTok and other weird bullshit. <laughs> That we call Urban Outfitters now. Oh and two, you get Nick Cage using a water bottle as a magnifying glass yeah. on a $100 bill to solve a 200-year-old riddle. Mm-hmm. What? And they're like, we have to go to Independence Hall? And Nick Cage is like, yes. I just, <laughs> I love it because it's like, it's so convoluted and weird. And so they get to Independence Hall and like the shadow of the clock tower has to hit the stone at a certain angle at that exact time. Then they could see the next clue. Mm-hmm. And then they see this brick because they find a hidden cache inside the brick wall. Yes. Thanks to the shadow. And what do they find inside the brick cache, Armand? What do they find? They find a pair of super old 3d glasses. That's right. Made by Benjamin Franklin himself. Yes. And there's like six lenses on them, all different colors. It's so cool. It's like if you ever played bingo with a bunch of senior citizens and they have like the weird color chips that they put on their numbers, like red, blue, green, the whole RGB, you know, yep. catalog. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the glasses are made out of. And I'm like, who made this? It's like made out of like a Pepsi can and like four little chips from bingo. But hey, that's what you use to read the back of the Declaration of Independence, man. And then they did and like... They see this Technicolor hidden message. Uh, it looks very uh, Celtic. Yeah, it looks like magic. Like if you look at the cross on it and like the different symbols, it's very like Irish and like Trinity. Mm-hmm. But not the Matrix. No, not the Matrix. Yeah, so they have to go to this Trinity church. And at the church, that's where they descend into well, the underworld, right? We could get into that right now. Or we can talk about how the the bad guys eventually catch up with them and how they take hostage Riley and Abigail and the FBI gets involved. That's right. And all this. So the FBI is working with Nick Cage to find Abigail and Riley with these German dudes. Yeah. Because everyone's in trouble for stealing the Declaration of Independence as, you know, anyone would be. 
So Nick Cage is like, okay, I have to call Ian, the bad guy, and be like, hey, get me out of the custody of the FBI. So they join forces. And then they go to Trinity Church because Ian eventually captures or kidnaps his dad, right? So Oh, yeah. This is a whole family affair. Everyone's involved in this. Yeah, they have their razor Motorola phones out, and he's like copying the phones. There was a lot of stuff going on in this movie. I was that like, that was in the second one where they copied the phone. Oh shit! I know it's really easy to mix these things up. I'm gonna be honest with you. I watched them back to back. Hey, so, that's how you do it. And the plots are so similar. It's the same exact plot. They but even we'll, say we'll, the same lines. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. I was like, it. hold up, did I get had? <laughs> I got had with the second movie, but it's just as good. It is not just It as is good. just no, as good. It's, it's a not. guilty pleasure. The first one was so much better. Well, yeah. Well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Okay, so they go to Trinity Church, and they figure out that they have to descend through the church yeah. to find where the treasure is. That's right. Because there's a name on the back of the Declaration of Independence that aligns with an internal tomb Within the church. That's right. So they bust open the tomb. They discover a tunnel within the tomb. Yep. And they're like, okay, who wants to go down the creepy hole first? And of course, Nick Cage is like, well, I'll go. <laughs> so Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> I'm Nick Cage. I'm not scared of spider webs. <laughs> uh, so they go through this labyrinth of um, termite ridden wood staircases and elevators where the whole thing, I'm not sure how the Washington DC subway did not go through this. Like this is under the heart of DC. It's all according to plan. It's all according to plan. They knew it was there. The Masons, the Masons knew it was there. The Masons are also building the subways. That's right. Cause they're Masons. They're Freemasons. <laughs> Anyways. So they're going through this labyrinth of, you know, super rotted stairs and elevators and like some people fall down this, what looks like a never ending hole. Yeah. And of course they're dead, but then they get to what they believe is the treasure room. And the whole time the bad guys have the good guys at gunpoint, Nick Cage being the good guys. And they're like, okay, lead us to the treasure. Cause we know it's down here. So they get to, what looks like the treasure room. The treasure room is wiped clean. There's nothing but a few turned over candlesticks and cobwebs. And cobwebs. <laughs> and there's one lantern hanging from the ceiling. And Nick Cage knows, okay, all of this was built with another exit in mind, but he doesn't tell anyone that. Mm. He he alludes to the fact that the room that they're in is the treasure room and the treasure room was moved or the treasure itself was moved to a different location. So what does he do? He improvs some bullshit, right? So there's a single lantern hanging in this, what looks like a treasure room. And his dad is like, no, we can't tell them where it is. And Nick Cage is like, no, we have to. You know, they're going back and forth. It's really, really piss poor acting between the father (laughs) and son. If it was real life. Anyways. So man, Nick Cage's dad in the movie is like, this is another clue. It's uh like Paul Revere, the one lantern and the two lanterns. Was it two by sea, one by land? Yeah. One by land, two by sea. It was to go to this church in Boston, blah, blah, blah. So the bad guys leave the good guys in this rotted out 
tunnel matrix of what used to be a treasure room. And Nick Cage's dad is like, aren't you guys going to bring us with? And the bad guys are like, no, because if you're wrong, we know where you, we know exactly where you are. And then it all comes full circle. Nick Cage is like, we're going to escape through the treasure room. And everyone's like, what the, like, if you're in the audience, when this first came out, you're like, what the fuck? There's a, what, what's he talking about? Cause that room is, that room is scraped white clean. There ain't shit in there, but some daddy long legs and maybe a mouse, something (laughs) like that. So Nick Cage pulls out the ivory pipe from the first 10 minutes of the movie. That's right. That he finds. And that pipe is used as a key into this old brick wall that then poof opens up the treasure room. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be honest with you. I got emotional. You know oh, why? Totally. I love that scene. Like they open it up and Abigail Chase was like, these are the scrolls from the library of Alexandria. And I was like, I got the chills. Mm-hmm. I started crying. I was like, I was mm-hmm. like, oh my God. Because that's what conspiracy theories are all about. It's like putting the Disney Mickey Mouse ears onto the community of conspiracy theories. That's what this movie is. Yes. It's making it kid friendly. Mm-hmm. It's removing all of the weird shits. All like the problematic crap of conspiracies. And it's like, let's talk about the fun stuff. Yeah. Like the, the hidden cool knowledge, shit. the lost treasure, the secret societies. It's mainly just the cool. secret societies. Mainly. Yes. Mainly. The other stuff is like little, sprinkles. It is truly the sprinkles mm-hmm. because they don't sit on it. They're like, yeah. wow, this, wow, that. Yeah. Anyways. And then Riley, being the comedic relief, sees like some old school Egyptian statue who's like all jade and green. And he's like, that's a really big dude with a really cool goatee. I'm like, <laughs> what the f-? I'm like, everyone knows that it's- must be meaningful <laughs> in some way. Right. Wow. Wow. And he hugs it and you're just like, okay, all right. I left. I was like, all right. yeah, that's, all a, right. that's a great one. <laughs> I was like, all right. Mm-hmm. So then they leave and then they go to Boston They go to Boston. Ian gets arrested. And because here's the thing, the declaration is still stolen. It it was still stolen. Someone has to go to prison. Yep. So the FBI catches up with Gates and blah, blah, blah. And they try to make a deal. And listen, you have to listen to me. The FBI is on my case. Mm -hmm. They're two minutes behind. They're going to find you anyways. Mm -hmm. You have to follow me. And he's like, he's like, someone's got to go to prison. Someone's like, like, I can't do anything about it, but someone's got to go to prison. Yeah. It's either you or me, and man. Nick, and Nick Cage is like, well, I got you a guy. He's in Boston right now <laughs> going to this church. And uh, that's when Ian gets arrested and Nick Cage comes out from the dark alley. He's like, hey, bitch, I'm no longer in the hole. And I found the treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. Like this movie was... It took twists and turns. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know where it was going. Yeah, and it's a roller coaster for sure. It's an exciting roller coaster. It's like a Disney ride. It is. It is. It's truly a Disney ride uh-huh. in a film. And 10 years later, I still love this movie. <laughs> it's I've, a great movie. I've seen this movie, I can't even count how many times. I saw it once and I was like, I could see why Pete would like this. Because like, I know you. You mm-hmm. love Dan Brown. Love Dan Brown. Dan Brown, Da Vinci Code, Angels and Demons, Lost Symbol, Inferno. Just puzzles and, you know, things that, I mean, well, here's the thing. I love the Dan Brown formula. 
The Dan, the Dan Brown formula, it's seen formula? all across his books. All of his books are the same exact roller coaster ride, but they're fun because they're, they're fun. They're full of puzzles. What's the formula? Robert Langdon finds a MacGuffin. Has to use a MacGuffin. Robert Langdon wakes up from some unconscious stupor, loses his <laughs> Mickey Mouse watch that he's had since he was eight years old. But then he tells you that, oh, I was a collegiate swimmer and <laughs> I fell down a well and I hate tight spaces. But I'm a symbologist and I know that I can find a symbol inside of a grain of rice and it will lead me to a treasure in Antarctica that was lost by the Peruvians. And you're like, <laughs> What? And somehow the earth is going to explode if like, he doesn't solve shit. But yeah. I have to go into the hollow earth to find the treasure. I have to go find the dinosaurs in King Kong in hollow earth. You know, I thought that's where the movie was going. In the, I was like, oh my God, doing all this Freemason stuff and Knights Templar. And then they're in Antarctica. I was like, oh, they're going to go into the hollow earth. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to see dinosaurs inside the hollow earth. Dude, that could, be, that could be National Treasure 3. That could be it. Let's quickly go through the second movie. There's, it's it's like the first movie mm-hmm. plus El Dorado and Mount Rushmore. Plus El Dorado and Mount Rushmore and kidnapping the president. Except he doesn't kidnap the president. That well, was the biggest. Does. He technically does. I saw the little tagline. He has to uh, he has to redeem his family name by kidnapping the president. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god. No way. Because I was like, okay, how are you supposed to continue mm-hmm. after the first one? He steals it, finds a treasure. That's Done. it. Done. Oh, we need another movie. Uh, he kidnaps the president. And we find El Dorado. We find El Dorado. What the fuck? So then we find generic president man. All, all the presidents, if they were into one person, one body, that is the president. Yeah, he's the guy. Uh, he's, I, he's the guy from Gerald's game. What's his name? You're right. I don't know his name. I don't know. But I want, yeah, Gerald's game. I hope I looked that good when I was that age. He looked like, uh, what the hell's his name? The guy from, he looks like a, a mixture of like uh, Billy Billy Bob Thornton and Timothy Oliphant. He's you know, just a you know stereotypical white dude who plays president. Texas. Right. Yeah. I was expecting, like, they, they're doing the country music. I was like, oh, man, mm-hmm. back when our president was a hillbilly. Hey, there you go. The Texan from Massachusetts. The Texan from Massachusetts. And then he was speaking very formally in well-formed sentences. I was like, oh, this isn't George W. Bush. No, he's from New York. <laughs> the Texan from Massachusetts who's from New York. <laughs> That's our president. And then he doesn't even kidnap him. He's like, come, yeah. come with me. Like, the president is like a fanboy of uh, benjamin franklin gates right. he's a fanboy but also ben franklin gates is a fanboy of the president they're fanboys of each other they're, they're like, bros oh, hey. they're bros oh wow yeah. they're bros it's kind of like uh joe rogan and elon musk they're bros <laughs> you know yeah they're extreme on their own ends but they're bros <laughs> so that's that's kind of the relationship we got going on here it just uh, it didn't have the dope there's they should have been smoking dope in that moment like hey man hey that could be the third one Yes. Nick Cage, you know, ripping some bongs, figuring out some puzzles. So him, quote, kidnapping the president. They go through a shaft and the door closes behind him. Secret Service loses their damn mind. They're like, oh, my God, the president's gone. I don't see him with my eyes. And Nick Cage is like, Mr. President, I had to get you alone. And it's the only way I know how to do it. Really? (laughs) And then he says, like, I'm, I'm trying to find a secret book that all presidents have. Full of conspiracies and secrets. You know, the JFK assassination, uh, Area 51. I don't care about that. I want yep. the lost city of gold. 
It's like, okay, go to this place in Library of Congress, go to this shelf, here's a combination, go find it. And he finds the book. And I, I that was my favorite But scene. hold up, hold up. How do we even get to the point where he's with the president? Because at first, they go to London. Was it London? Was it London? They go to London. Was it London? They go to London. In They're the, in Paris. The first half of the movie, they go to London. Because... London. Mm-hmm. <gasps> You're right. They go to London. <laughs> because of Bunkingham Palace. The two resolute desks. That's right. Yes. So... Made of the wood of the ship of the resolute. Yeah. I forget how they even get there. Queen Victoria has one desk. And the president has a desk. The president of the United States yep. has the other. And they're made from a Chinese puzzle box maker. So the drawers inside the desk work as a puzzle box. Hence, we get this old, like, Mayan Aztec looking plank that we get from these desks with, like, a clue on it. Yeah. And Nick Cage's mom is like, you're just like your father. Stop, <laughs> stop chasing treasure and blah, blah, blah. And this is after they find the first national treasure and... Nick Cage's dad is like, well, he found it. <laughs> he found the first one, so help him find the second one. <laughs> and she's like, ah, fuck it, whatever. You know. And then they're like, okay, we have to go to the White House, check out that Resolute desk. That's when yeah. they use Abigail's new boyfriend because Abigail and Nick Cage split up. Yeah. And because he's the White House curator. So they go into the White House, they go to the Oval Office. They open up the desk. There's no plank there, but the stamp from the presidential secret book is inside the drawer. That's right. And that has Riley geeking out because Riley's like, I wrote a book about this. I'm right. Blah, 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 blah. Because he's not, the, the eagle uh, holds the arrows and the olive leaf, but in the book of the presidents, he holds a scroll instead of the olive branch. That's right. That is right. It's real. It's real, baby. That'd be sweet if it was real. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I think I like. To, I want to believe. There's got to be a file, you know. There has to be a file. At least a flash drive. Maybe a floppy disk. I think the presidents. Not Can you all of that's them. Like, hey, uh, hey, Obama got this uh, floppy disk with uh, uh, Obama five hundred and sixty megs of. Uh... Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Uh, that's, not, that's not very big. I know. 560. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We uh... Area 51, real. Next page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyways, so before, before um, 
he lets the president go and he kidnaps him inside this little like underground railroad tunnel system. <laughs> yes. Which that's exactly what it was. They're on Mount Vernon and mm-hmm. it was underground railroad. Yep. Which is very cool. Yeah. And so the president is like, the book does exist. And he's like, you have to remember all these numbers. So he gives him like, gives him like 50 gives numbers. Him like 50 numbers. And Nick Cage is like, yeah, got it. I remember that in my mind. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, excuse it's me. It's like Legends of the Hidden Temple. After you go up the first door, go through the second door. But turn now. left and, and then, then suck right. on a lemon. It's like, suck on I lemon. can't even tell you. around five times. I can't even tell you the code that I used to log into my computer today because it changes every two hours. Like, <laughs> I can't even tell you that code. And Nick Cage is like memorizing 40 different codes. And he's like, okay, got it. All right, sweet. So they he's go in Franklin Gates. They go to the Library of Congress. Yes. And they go into the presidential's like secret book area. Yeah, they walk in. And he has to use his different codes that he memorized. He used all one dozen of his codes. <laughs> And they find this presidential book. But before they even go there, the president is like, check out page 47. Can that's you, right. Can you help me out with that? I think that's the and most everyone, important piece of Everyone this is thinking, what's page 47? What is this? I have an so, idea. But here's the thing. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. They get the book out. And the whole time that they're in the library, the FBI, the CIA, they're on the chase to go get them. Yeah. Because so, they kidnapped the president. Right. It's a race against the clock. Yeah. Like everything else is in these two movies. So Nick Cage is going through the book itself the whole time. Riley's geeking out. He's like, oh my gosh, this is real. <laughs> and Nick Cage is like flipping through pages, flipping through pages. And Riley stops him. He's like, Area 50, he's like, Area 51. Boom, let's read it. And Nick Cage is like, don't got time. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Don't got time. And he's like, oh, JFK assassination. She's like, no, 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 no. no, 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 no don't got time. time. Don't got time. And then they get what they need. In terms of this movie's timeline, yes, they get the second plank, they get the photo of it, and so they, his mom can, you know, translate it for them, whatever. But then he takes a photo on his Motorola Razor flip phone of page forty-seven. Yep, and that is where my mind has been stuck for the past ten years. Why? Because I want to know what's on page forty-seven. If it's not JFK, if it's not aliens, what is it? Halworth. Okay, I think I know what it is. Okay. So, page 47. The way that the president described it was, it is life-altering. Mm-hmm. So it can't be any government conspiracy or anything. That's too low. I would change things, but it's not, it's not going to alter your life forever. Wait, he actually said it was life-altering? That's what he said. He said, check it out. It's life-altering. Hmm. And then Nick is like, all right, see you later. <laughs> yeah, just like that. So... We don't know. We it's just we just see the page number forty seven. So people are thinking the third um, National Treasure movie is going to be about what's on page forty seven. So hopefully that actor that plays the president comes back. It's got to be. So here's the thing. This is what I think it is. So they glossed over Area fifty one, JFK. I think it's evidence of alien life. But wouldn't it also be Area fifty one? No. Why? Because Area 51 is about the crashed saucer. Boom. Right. So it's more about technology rather but, than mm, proof of alien life. But then you life. still get, but then the whole like Area 51 conspiracy is like, oh, they were doing alien autopsies yeah. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Or is it like, we're working with aliens? That's 47. Mm, I th- okay. That's why I think it's aliens because it's like, I think... We are in contact with the aliens, 
and working with the aliens. It has to be something huge. It's got to be that. And aliens, extraterrestrial life is the biggest. It may be the pyramids. Okay, what about the pyramids? Okay. Did you watch the Grand Hancock uh, series? I loved it. You watched it all? Mm -hmm. Ancient Apocalypse? I watched the whole thing in the day. I saw him, this is before the pandemic, and he's talking about... You saw him live? I saw him live. Where'd you see him live? Uh, Naperville. He was in the Chicago Burbs. Yes. Doing a book signing. Oh my god! I didn't meet him because the line was way too long and I was like... Where was he? Like a Barnes and Noble? No, it was in this... Funny enough, it was in a mega church because that was the biggest venue for him in that area. Love it. Um... And like, so his everyone entire, was like, this is weird that we're so having his, this thing. So here. his entire cult followed him to an actual church. <laughs> <laughs> and he's talking about pyramids we, and shit. We are not a cult. He's, he's, he's talking about how the Ice Age yes, erased. The younger Dryas he's like, impact he's like, theory. He's like, the Ice Age erased a super advanced yes. civilization lost that was once on Earth. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we see, we see the breadcrumbs of this lost civilization in the pyramid. Pyramid specifically, because it's like... You probably know this. The dimensions of the pyramid from top to from bottom to top is the and if you multiply it by a very specific number, it is the height of the planet. Yes. And then the base is the it can fit the earth inside of its base. So mm-hmm. it's like a square, a circle in the square. Yep. And that's also a symbol too. Yep. Uh so how do but it's not just the Egyptian pyramids, but it's pyramids all over the world that have the same exact mathematics applied to it so it's like how do they know how so do they obviously know? they had they were privy to some sort of knowledge when they're building these structures lost knowledge mm-hmm. probably the stuff that were in the scrolls in the lost uh library of alexandria mm-hmm. you know stuff stuff like that and so, what transcends the longest over time what stone that's right so like if there was something no no we're getting way off the rails um, if there was something like, you know, a super advanced civilization, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Of course, over thousands and hundreds of thousands, millions of years. Yeah. It'll all get wiped away. Nature yeah. takes over again. Yep. But what's stone is a lot harder to wipe away than what's, you know, whatever else. Yeah. Like if you were to bury your iPhone. Right. You know, multiply that by like a hundred thousand years, 300,000 years. It's, it's not going to be, there's going to be nothing left. But a big giant limestone rock, that'll be there for actually millions of years. Actually, so here's something that'll blow your mind. What? So if you were to take something that is matter based, let's say an apple. Okay. Let's say an apple. And I saw this on the documentary about infinity or something like that on Netflix. Okay. Highly recommend it. It's amazing. It melted my brain. Infinity? Something about infinity. Was it um, dark? No, it was 1899. It was like watching what used to be the History Channel at <laughs> like 2 a.m. So, okay. anyways, there's these like astrophysicists and like other scientists, whatever, in the movie, in the documentary. And they're like, if you take an apple and you put it in a vacuum, like an acrylic vacuum, yeah, where you can see it at all sides, and you just leave it there. It'll, yes, it will decompose, it'll rot, everything else. But what will happen if it's in this vacuum, then it will break down to its smallest particles, like to like the at like atomic level. Yeah. It'll break itself down. And what will happen is basically it will 
create every single type of different equation that those particles could be at the atomic level. And it basically turns into like its own little universe inside that vacuum. So there's big bangs that happen. And this is over the course of billions and billions and billions of years. If it is in this vacuum and they're going into the whole, like, this is how the universe started and blah, 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 because it's matter. So basically they're like, the whole thing will break down for a billion years and then another billion years, it'll keep breaking down and like going through all these different limitless equations all at the same time. And then it will eventually repair itself into a perfect apple because that's what it knows to do. You got to see it to like understand it. But this thing melted my mind completely. That reminds me of the Boltzmann brain. Do you know what that is? No, what is that? Okay. So it is a thought experiment that is most likely to be real. Uh, <laughs> that a Most single, likely to be real. A single brain can spontaneously form in a void, complete with memory of having existed in our universe. Uh so this is like after the universe comes to an end, mm-hmm. there's no matter left. There's nothing. A brain right. can spontaneously form. Exactly. And that's kind of like what this was. I, that's what I was trying to describe in what I saw in this documentary. The apple itself, once it's fully decomposed, it's still full of energy. Yeah. So there's still energy within that matter. And that energy doesn't know what to do. So it, it, flies around basically at the speed of light within this vacuum. Yeah. And the vacuum could be the, it could be a shoebox, whatever. Yeah. But it's going through billions and trillions, infinite possibilities of what the matter itself could be. That's nuts. But because it was an apple at one point, it will eventually all that energy and all of those atoms and everything else will go into, it's like watching an apple basically fall apart and like decay, it will then reverse from the decay into a perfectly solid ripe apple over the course of like two, three, four billion years. Yeah. That's nuts. That's crazy. That's why I don't believe in cremation. What do you mean? Think about it. It'll just come back as a, wait, no, unpack that a little bit. What are you talking about? about? Think about it. So let's say, okay. Everyone dies. Okay, you die, you're in the coffin, you're a skeleton. Boom. Body decomposes unless you are full of, what's that shit called? They preserve bodies. Formaldehyde. Formaldehyde. Yeah, that shit doesn't break down shit. Yeah. It just mummifies you from like the inside out. Um, so in my mind, because I, I took all these like death and dying courses in college and it blew my mind. Yeah. Um. So let's say, okay, you die, you pass away. You're in the coffin. You're in the coffin, you decompose. Yeah. It's billions and billions and billions and billions of years pass. The u- whole universe galaxy as we know it uh-huh. ceases to exist. Yeah. It's just a void. Uh-huh. But then there's still some energy in it. Mm-hmm. There's still energy there. And it starts to rebuild itself and rebuild itself, rebuild itself, rebuild itself. But also my Italian brain is like okay cremation that's too final it's too final like you burn something it's gone forever Uh it's final it's like you erase yourself off the off the face of the earth same thing with like burial i'm not a big fan of burials so it's like okay 
you burn something, it's gone. You bury something, it's gone. It's underground, gone. I want a mausoleum. Oh, boy. Yeah. I want a mausoleum. Okay. Some stained glass. Italian. A family. Fam- family can just come in, sit around my coffin or something like that. I don't know. Have a Krispy Kreme donut, coffee. Oh, All right, Pete. <laughs> Good seeing you. Makes sense. You're a bougie guy. It's just my Italian brain. But you're in the coffin. Mm-hmm. Still above ground. You, you just don't want to be in dirt. I don't want to be in dirt. Okay. But shit, I mean, even when you're... Shit, man. Even, like, Western civilization, like, the, like the majority of funerals, the, the coffins themselves are in a lead box. So you're not even in dirt. You're in a lead box. Is that why they're so expensive? Could be. It's your, uh... You're offsetting the carbon your carbon footprint. <laughs> I don't know. It's like those things are like twenty thousand dollars. Just wild. Throw me in. Throw me on dirt road. Just just throw me in the ditch, man. Just put a belt too of, much too much money. Belt of fish heads around you throw in the Pacific. It is a freaking car that I'm being buried in. Mm-hmm. This is the price of a car, and it's like oh padded. It's like I'm not gonna feel it. You might. <laughs> you might, you know, when you become reanimated, who knows? It's a zombie. Yep. The zombie apocalypse. Yep. Oh, we going to Shake Shack? <laughs> the year is 8542. One of the scenes I liked in the first movie when they're yeah, getting... So let's get back on track with this. When they're getting out of the of the church mm-hmm. and like, I think it's Nick Cage. He's like oh, yeah, yeah. busting through the the grave. Yep. And there's a janitor inside the, the like tomb area of the <laughs> yes. church. And Nick Cage busts through the tomb, <laughs> and the janitor is like, he's like, oh, yeah, and, and, coming and Nick Cage is like, hey, you got a cell phone? <laughs> and you're just like, what? That was awesome. Like, Excuse me? And they pull out a Razor phone. You're like, okay, <laughs> sweet. Hey, the Razor was an awesome phone. I always wanted it. Man, Never you know, had it. every scene where Nick Cage pulls out his flip phone, he's like, bam. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I miss doing that. Yep. I miss that too. Zoomers don't understand how satisfying it is to just bam. I mean, do you even think Generation Alpha is going to know what a cell phone is? No, there's going to be cell phones. They're going to be like, we use our contact <laughs> Neuralink. to call people. Yeah, Neuralink. God, probably. But like, man, the great thing about flip phones is like we could text mm-hmm. without even looking at Yo, the Yo, T9 phone. was where it was at. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I think I had like... For some reason, I, I got my hands on a flip phone relatively recently, and it was like muscle memory. Uh-huh. Texting. Yeah. Hitting, hitting all the numbers. I kind of want to get one again. You can buy one right now. I kind of want to get one. That'd be fun. I have friends that have them. Because like, yeah, I don't know. They're being be... alternative. Like, I don't want a smartphone. Fucking hipsters. And then they have like a flip phone for like a week. Then mm. they go back to their uh, like, Android. I hate it, man. What is this? That's actually hit an end button. Have to use an actual button. Oh, and then like remember like ending calls. Oh yeah, you just flip it close. Bam. Yeah. Oh, those are I never used a single end button. God, we sound so old right now. I never used it. Like all the buttons on my phone were all worn out. Like the numbers yeah. were all like worn out because they're just like screen printed on. They're all worn out. The one button that was never worn out, the end call button. <laughs> it was never worn out. <laughs> and it was like it was like brand new. Like never used. It was the only yeah. button that still had like tactile, like click on it everything else was like beat to hell yep he's flip it closed i remember when i got an iphone it was iphone one the first one for the first time and yeah. that i knew I was you like, were bougie this man. this is a game 
change or you know what I got what? when that came out? I'm going to be honest. It was stolen. <laughs> when the iPhone came out, I got the sidekick. Oh, that was the coolest one. Oh yeah. The one with the full keyboard. Yeah. Like that all the slid scene, out. All the scene kids had those. All the scene kids. Bam. I was not a scene kid. I know you weren't. But yeah, I love that phone. McJock. Man, that phone was fun. I was like, what? A whole keyboard? Look at this, man. It was cool. And it like flipped. And then T9 just went out the window. Had no idea what I was doing anymore. Really? Mm-hmm. I had a whole, I had a whole keyboard. It's like a poor man's Blackberry. It really was. Yeah, that phone was the shit. God, my friend had a sidekick. It was so cool. He'd be like, oh, hold on. I broke so many Whoa. of them. I broke the hinge on that thing so many times. I could see why it would break. Yep. Man, that was, that was a good time. Because it was like one hinge that like yeah. moved it. Yep. It was like a weird thin piece of foil that yeah. kept the tension in it and somehow I always broke it. Oh, well. It's not American made. Neither is the iPhone. And speaking of American made, do you want to talk about Freemasonry? Sure. Or do you want to talk about the new Disney Plus series we'll for National there. Treasure and the third installation? We'll get there. Installment. I want to talk installation. about... The third installation installment. I want to talk about my encounter with the Freemasons. Yeah, I heard about this once at like a Thanksgiving <laughs> like eight years ago from you. It was a while ago. Yeah. Um. So... It was a lodge in Cook County. It wasn't Chicago, but it was right outside of Chicago. My friend was invited to join the Freemasons. Mm-hmm. He was like, Armand. I have a few friends that are Freemasons. I want to I want to join, but I don't want to do this alone. Can you <laughs> come you, with? And I was like. What did you think was going to happen? Like, you got to sacrifice some shit? He was a little bit. He was, he was scared. Oh, I, I told him one too many conspiracy theories. Oh, okay. okay. Nice. So I'm like, okay, I'll come with you. So then I'm going in the lodge. And for those that don't know, Freemasonry is a secret society. Started in 1776. It's a man. It's, it's a, a fraternity. It's a fraternity for men. That's, that's what it is. So I yes. come in and we're the youngest guys there. Easily. Like, we're, we're in our 20s and the rest of them are... 40s and above, mid Makes 40s sense. and above. Sounds right. So they love pizza, man. They ate a lot of pizza. Really? They love pizza. Out of like, everything you could have. Oh, they ordered pizza. These guys had pizza. Pizza, you know. What do you call Domino's? Hey, uh, I need Square uh, slices. I'm going to need uh, 20 pies, party cut. Squares. Squares uh, delivered to this Freemason Lodge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can we get it, uh, root beer and Pepsi? Oh, we got RC Cola? Okay, yeah, we'll take, take a few of those. I'm going to tell you, the pizza wasn't half bad. But here's the thing. <laughs> Sounds I mean, like a soccer party in like grade school. So here's what happened. So I'm, I'm there. I, I go through this hallway. There's a whole bunch of portraits of the previous Masons of the Lodge. And this guy comes up to me. I'm not going to say wait, his wait, name. Wait, wait, was it all well lit? Because what's I, like, what I have in my mind is all that. It's like dark, like dark, dimly lit, uh, it's, sterile. It's well lit. And, uh, it's not sterile, but it's well And, lit. like, some, like, mahogany wood. A lot of wood. A lot of wood. There's a lot of wood. Some, like, old patinaed leather with some nice cracks in it. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. What was interesting uh, with the theme of old people, uh, there was this... Did it smell like mothballs? No, it didn't smell in there. Um, there was this, uh, what do you call it? It's this chair that goes up the staircase. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mobility that old chair. people use? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. They're... And I have so much to tell you. Okay. Okay. So let me throw it in. Let me get into it. So I meet with the 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 master mason. Let's call him John. 
John. I meet Master Mason John, and he comes up to me. He's wearing like I think like a green blazer. His hand is inside uh, the suit, so his hand is partially covered in the suit. Okay, Napoleon. Other hand is behind his back, and he's like, "Ah, I see you're interested in join joining." The Brotherhood. And he extends his hand. Left hand or right hand? It was right hand. Okay. Text, I shake his hand. I'm like, yes. I'm sweating bullets. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm in a place that I thought I would never see. And second, I thought that didn't even exist. And I was like, okay. so he's showing me around the lodge. And he's like, okay. This is a sword of the Knights Templar. I am looking at a Knights Templar sword. Yeah, but is it authentic? Or is it like what, you know, the Catholic Church does and they're like body of Christ, body of Christ, like a wonder bread slice. And it's not you wonder know, bread. Come on. It's unleavened bread. Um, yes. you, know, so you know what I'm saying? I went like Is it metaphorically a sword they, from that time? They met weekly. I think it was on Tuesdays for them. And it's like Bible study. <laughs> Book club. Let's call it let's call it let's call it swords. Swords, swords. club. They all pull out their swords. Do, do, do they play bridge too? No, they don't play bridge. Um, so I went like maybe like five, six times. You went that many times? That many, I, I was like going to join. They were actually recruiting you. Yes. Damn. I wasn't bullshitting you. I, wasn't I thought it was there. one time. No. Because like the one time that you told me this, I was like, okay. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. You were like, I don't want to talk about this. Like we're around family. And I'm just like, bro, I'm like, I'm six cocktails deep. What are you talking about? <laughs> and you're just like, oh, I remember that you're like, night. You're like, bro. I saw the black and white we all floor. Like, yes, I was losing my. I was like, oh my god! I saw like, the checkered I saw, floor. I saw the I saw the checkerboard floor. I'm like, here, bro, just take another gummy. You'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So, yeah, okay. So I went like a few times, and like, you know, he's showing me around. He's like, this is the Knights Templar sword. Mm-hmm. And he's showing me these other artifacts, and like, one of the other times when I came back, I did was they like, have Geronimo's skull? No. I oh no, that's at the Skull and Bones at Yale. They have. That. I wasn't joining Skull and Bones. <laughs> well, we're um, not in college anymore, so right. Um, so, okay. Hey, if we all Naruto sprint at the Skull and Bones house on Yale's property, they can't stop us all. They can't stop us all. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I asked him. I was like, "Listen, is that a real sword of the Knights Templar?" And he was like, "It's not from the Crusade, exactly." So then I learned that there's a. A division of the Freemasons that's specifically Catholic, which are called the Knights Templar. Oh, so wait, wait, wait! Like based off of it, or it's a sister fraternity. Okay. And then there, then I learned that there's a female um, fraternity. So it's an offshoot of Freemasonry. Is this their sword that they own? Like, because you could, you could, you know, they had it behind a glass case. It's their sword. You could be like, this is the sword of the Knights Templar. Chapter from Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. You know? Yeah. Yes. Um, so because like one of the one of the Masons there, he was a Knights Templar. Okay. So he was a Freemason and how old uh, was this man? And then it does he hold a position 50s. of power? Um, here's the thing. Cause if he's like a Walgreens manager, I'm gonna be like, okay, this is this is not so. So that was the main reason why I wanted to join the Freemasonry is because I was like, okay. It was early in my design career. I was like, maybe they can help me. Mm-hmm. Networking, they know people. I can move up the ranks using my Freemason knowledge. So that was the main reason why I wanted to join the Freemasons. 
Um, what I gathered during my time there, it's, so they're telling me about like a, attendance for like the Freemasonry has been down since the 1960s, as they call it, the purge of the 60s. Okay. They did, did they say why? They didn't go into why, but I think there was a societal shift and for some reason, Freemasonry, they lost a lot of their members in the 1960s. I wonder if the there purge was just, of the 60s. I wonder if there was just like a lot of people who just didn't want to be in a fraternity. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the reason. And that's what it is. It's a fraternity of dudes. Um, it's a whole I, bunch of dudes. I feel like... Could be golfing. They target... Well... Maybe that's what it was. Maybe a lot of people just wanted to play golf then, not uh, be in a fraternity. Probably. Yeah. We should see like the the popularity of golf rise <laughs> and the popularity of like Freemasonry decline. Fraternities just fall apart. Yeah. So I think the main reason why they wanted to recruit people, specifically younger people, is I guess they were like targeting disenfranchised people. I don't know. It was something like it was more of like community service. How diverse was it in there? It was mostly white guys. Um, okay. But they had a, another initiate. He was he was African American. You know, I'm Mexican. Mm-hmm. My friend so is white. They're they're trying to be diverse. They're trying to be diverse. Yeah. Okay. Even though it is, I've seen other lodges where it's like. Oh, so you've been in multiple lodges. I've seen pictures of other lodges. Okay. And there's a good mixture of people. It's not just white people. Okay. You would think it's just white people. Yeah, I kind of just get this like picture in my mind of white dudes. A whole bunch of white dudes just like. Shooting the shit, like and it's that, not really that much of a conspiracy behind it, right? Um, that's what I get. It's mostly old dudes hanging out. They, mm-hmm. But I wasn't allowed to see the ceremonies. But before I get into that, let me talk about the checkered floor. So they take me up to where this is. I'm going to tell you about the ranks now. There's Mason, Master Mason, His Most Worshipfulness. His Most Worshipfulness. He is really that's an actual title. Yes. Goodness. Those are the three rings. Because like, I think the film gets into it. So it's like, oh, it's a 33 degree Mason. And I was bringing that up. They're like, that's not true. That's not okay. true. And I was like, Is, are you trying to like maintain the secrets from me? They're like, no, it's just Mason, Master Mason, his most worshipfulness. And yeah. But is it like, uh, you know, getting like a karate belt where there's like multiple levels of like blue or like. I'm like a four or something black belt. Probably. Yeah. Maybe that's where the 33rd degree. They're probably going to be mad. I'm even talking about it. I don't care. I'm going to talk about it. So. Man, this guy's talking about how not, how uncool we are. I saw where his most worshipfulness uh, sat. It's like this throne, this throne in the middle. So, okay. Imagine this room. It's, it's more uh, long rectangular room, Mm -hmm. Uh, checkerboard floor. That's about uh, maybe like 20 feet by 10 feet. Oh, so not that large. It's large, but not large at the same time. It's not like super huge. Does everybody sit on the outside of the room? It's not in a circle. It's like a rectangle. It's like, imagine like two stadium seating Mm -hmm. type of thing. Checkerboard in the, in the middle. And then perpendicular to them, you have his most worshipfulness and then the altar. Okay. That they make their sacrifices. And so. Are they sacrifices though? He's taking me around the room. He's showing me all of it. Looks like ancient Egyptian hieroglyphics. Really? Made carved in stone around this room. And he shows me this is the one thing that really stood out to me. So he shows like this really rough piece of rock. He's like, This is what you are right now, unfinished as a man. You are not done. 
by the time you're done becoming a Freemason, you will become this stone. And it's a perfectly rectangular block. Yeah. Okay. And I was like, oh my God. And then he was like, this is our altar where we make our sacrifices. There's a book. This man actually said sacrifice. Yeah. He actually said, this is where we make our sacrifices. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. (laughs) I don't know what that means. There's a globe, this metal ball. Is it an actual globe? Like what we see in like a third grade, you know, like history class? Yeah. Like not, not, globe. not a globe. I or mean, is it like an apple of Eden from Assassin's Creed? <laughs> Have you seen uh, The Crown, The Coronation of the Queen? Where no, she but holds a globe I'm a big like a fan. Scepter? I'm a big fan of Assassin's Creed okay. and the Apple of Eden. It sounds like the Apple of Eden. All right, cool. So, it's a globe sphere that a holds giant, power. There's a giant book. It's the Bible. Um, and Is it the Bible or their a, Bible? I think it's the Bible. There's a knife. And did you see blood on the floor? No, I, I want to take photos, but I was like, Damn. don't do it. Should've don't do it. it. Don't do it. <laughs> you would have been sacrificed. I All felt, right, Jim, let's see if we can find a dumbass in the I skirt. felt like <laughs> I was in uh, Eyes Wide Shut. I felt like I said Fidelio. I got in. And I wasn't supposed to be there the entire time. Fucking love that movie. I was like Tom Cruise. I was like, oh, fuck. I was in a world. I've... The thing is, I couldn't see the ceremony. And I'm going to tell you the language that they use okay. to to initiate the ceremony. Uh, it's called opening up. Opening up. Opening up. We're That's gonna, we're the gonna, language. We're going to open. So okay. You you, have, you can't be at this part. It's only for masons. Okay. We're about to open. It's okay. time to open. I have two theories. Okay. One, they're doing DMT or, or some sort of psychedelic, and they're they're tripping balls. Or, or two, they're just blowing each other. Number two, they're having a gay orgy. Okay. So it's one or the other. And I told them that. <laughs> okay, so how do they take that? Uh, I, I think they laughed. But the, the reason why I didn't join is I got weird vibes. Really? Yeah, I was like, something doesn't seem right. I don't want to do this. Hmm. I'm curious. I felt like the I mean, devil so was gonna like eat me, pop out of nowhere, and be like, "Give me your left nut." Yeah, I was like, "What's opening up?" So it's it's either psychedelics. They're either doing DMT or ayahuasca up there. They're doing like they're traveling into other dimensions, or they're doing butt stuff. Okay, those are my well, two theories. Well, I know of one lodge. I I only know of this one because I grew up like right down the street from it. But there's one in downtown Naperville. Yeah, I know which one. And it's right next to a sushi house. It's between a sushi house and an ice cream parlor. I don't think that's there. Oh, actually, it's still there. Actually, I don't know. I haven't been there. It's like the size of like an alleyway. (laughs) It's like, I'm like, okay, this is, I'm like, it's like, all right, it's just in your face. Like, here's our lodge. Just a blue awning with the golden. Yeah, and you're like, here's uh, our lodge. Come join us. Yeah. I want to go, you know, talk to these chaps. These lads. You have to be referred in. Oh, damn it. Well, so that's my buddy. You, you, could, in, you could, your buddy's Freemason? Yeah. Dude, just talk to He's him. He's grandfathered in, like, like his dad was in it, or is in it, his grandfather was in it, his great-grandfather, he his great-great-grandfather. You have to be referred by a current member, and if your friend's a current member, if you really want to join. You want to go talk to them again? Maybe have, like, a barbecue? Um... Bring some Fritos and all that. I don't know. At the same time, it's like, it's cool to be part of like a club. That's what it is. It's a club. Here's the thing. If I'm joining a club, it's going to be Bohemian Grove. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, you could. 
I think you have to be kind of wealthy to join the Bohemian oh, shit. club. I'm poor. To their, to their standards. We're gonna sacrifice Moloch. And I, w- I did a deep dive on Bohemian Grove too, and it mm-hmm. seems just a bunch of rich people that just want to unwind. Hence the phrase, weaving spiders come not weave here. Don't talk about work here. We're here okay. to just We're run around fuck naked around and, and fuck around. DDMT. I don't think they get high, but I know, so there's I know there gay escorts around. go in there. So they're just there to fuck around. Yeah. There's no conspiracy shit around that. I'm sure there is. How about like this giant, like the giant, like owl that it's they set on fire and it's shit? It's weird, but I think it's like Dungeons and Dragons. Dungeons and Dragons. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. Because you know Alex Jones broke in with mm-hmm. uh, Ron I Johnson. That. I remember that. And yeah, I remember when that came out, and I was like, "That was not, a whole thing." Not come out, but like I remember when that was available to watch <laughs> on Google Video back in the day, and I was like, "Holy shit!" No, no, no. I thought that was on like the History Channel or some shit. I'm sure the history like channel watered did, down version. The watered down version. Yeah. Because Alex Jones actually broke in there. It was like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. this is real. They're Wait, sacrificing children. <laughs> with his camcorder, his his mini disc recorder. Because like the story is he he collaborated with this BBC reporter, John Ronson, who's awesome. Um, and they were like going through the gates and for some reason, this is what John Didn't said. Didn't they get like on a little canoe and like go around it and go like up the, up the backside or some shit? They went, I don't think so. I think they just drove up there. But like Alex thought for some reason they're going to wicker man him. <laughs> oh, goodness. He was like, oh, my God, they're going to kill me. The, the bees. So then he <laughs> books it. Really? He books it into the, like, into the forest. And he like yeah, does this yeah, as yeah. a roundabout way to get into the facility. Yeah. And... <laughs> that's what I saw so I thought and then he has a camcorder he's, he's yeah, uh, yeah. videotaping the yeah. the cremation of care sacrificing the quote child to Moloch the owl god so I I thought I saw something that was like these dudes could have been Alex Jones I don't know but they took like because like, there's like a, a river or something that goes around the backside of it or he something. escaped through the river maybe that's what I saw yeah that's probably what I saw then <laughs> yeah I don't know but I'm just like, all right, whatever. I saw the watered down version. He just would have been tacked with like trespassing, but he was like, oh my God, the New World Order is trying to kill me. <laughs> it's like swimming down the doing Rambo shit. I think he lives just like in his own little world. <laughs> like, the fuck. Uh, Come on, man. Uh, he's great. It's I like, love him. It's like he thinks he's in like a paranormal activity movie. They're coming after <laughs> me. The spirit's coming, chasing me. <laughs> oh, I hear a twig snap. What is that? Uh, oh, it's just Bambi. <laughs> like okay it's uh, international child no in, interdimensional child molesters they're trying to get me the vampires oh my gosh turning the frogs gay oh my gosh he's, he's a he's a guy man it's a character i was supposed to interview uh the filmmaker that did the documentary that on him recently really yeah I'm Are you say, still I'm going gonna, to? I'm going to say it on the podcast. Are you still going to? I went through all the channels. I had phone converse, multiple phone conversations with them, emails to talk to the director. And at the end of the day, they ghosted me. Really? Because they actually wanted to do a live podcast in Chicago. And they're like, okay, you do all the work. And I'm like, no. Fuck out of here. I'm not going to. I'm, I'm not under your payroll. Mm-hmm. No. You want free shit. I'm not going to give it to you. I'd be like, here, give me a million bucks and I'll, I'll set it up. Yeah. And yeah, they just wanted free shit. And I was like, no, you're not going to suck. You're like, hey, we're going to do this at Parlor Pizza <laughs> on the street. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> go to Gino's East. There you go, Gino's East. We're going to sit down at the Lou bar. Mel, go to Lou Melnati's. Hey, Lou Melnati's. Illuminati. Home of the sausage patty. That's right. <laughs> man. Eat this over some deep dish. I cannot. That's not even Chicago pizza, man. It's tavern stuff. I don't like, I do not Thin like. Thin crust, circle I'm not a fan pizza. Of lose. I'm not a fan of lose. You like Giordano's? Talking about um, pizza now. Or two Chicagoans. Oh man, it's tough. Like uh You like okay. Oh, what's the best Chicago pizza? If I'm picking one. One. If I'm picking one Chicago pizza, both deep dish and thin crust. Ricabanes. The rest of my life. Let's just let's just what's number one? Uh, I don't got number one. Gino's East? Uh no. Aurelio's. Aurelio's is trash. Whoa. Aurelio's is garbage. What? Yep. No. Yep, you heard it here first. Here's the here's the thing. Here's the thing. So so Aurelio's, what I have against Aurelio's, the cheese, and so. Here we go. It's the cheese. And What's the cheese? The cheese is very similar to like the top of like a French onion soup. Very similar, kind of like. I could see that. Like bro- broiled cheese. Mm-hmm. It's like they take the pizza and they throw it under the, like the broiler for like an extra five minutes. Yep. And it's just like, No. Mm-mm. If I'm picking one pie to have the yeah. rest of my life from Chicago, yep. and this is tough because like I love Lou Malnati's thin crust. I hate mm-hmm. their deep dish. I like G- I like Giordano's deep dish, yeah. but not their thin crust. Yeah. If I had to pick one that has the right deep dish and the right thin crust, it's got to be Paisano's. It's got to be Paisano's. Paisano's. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Paisano's also has the martinis the size of your torso. So, like, <laughs> you get all the alcohol you want, all the carbs you want, and you're set. I got an old style. Good to go. Hands. You're good to go. Get the Chicago handshake. Oh, yeah. It's my favorite. You're out of your damn mind. Hey, man. There's nothing wrong with the, an old style and a shot of Malort. Oh, my and for those of God. you who do not know what Malort is, so go smell a few handled pennies in your in your in in the palm of a sweaty hand. Like, go put like eight <laughs> or nine pennies in your hand, roll it around for a minute or two. Smell that, and that's what it kind of tastes like. It's not that bad. It tastes like Chicago's air. <laughs> you drink it, and it's like, oh, this isn't bad. And then the aftertaste hits you. It's like, oh, Jesus No, it's not Christ. that bad, man. So bad. If you think about it as to what it is, it's a digestive. It helps you shit. That's some of the best shits in my life after I drink that. But let's get back on the National Treasure. God. Yeah. So let's end this show. Okay. So let's talk about National Treasure 3, mm-hmm. what we think is going to happen with that, and also the TV show. So we really think it's going to be aliens. We think that page think it's 47 from the President's Book of Secrets is aliens. My money's on aliens. Aliens. All on aliens. Hmm. What else would it be? I'm trying to think of like, because, all right, here's the thing. They so, did the Freemason stuff already. Here's the thing. They here's, did El Dorado. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So... We said earlier that it's very similar to Indiana Jones. Yeah. Indiana Jones did the whole like history route and it was super cool. Mm-hmm. And then Our boom. Covenants. Boom. We get Holy aliens. Grail. With yeah. Shia LaBeouf. Well, they're interdimensional creatures that technically not There's a aliens. flying saucer there is. in it. Interdimensional so, ship. Okay. George Lucas. He does DMT. He knows what he's talking about. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but. The, aliens. The characters in Hellraiser are interdimensional beings <laughs> as well. So come on, man. Shit, you'll know right. pain and pleasure. So, Indiana Jones goes the whole like fun history archaeology route, which is awesome and yep. timeless. Mm-hmm. But then we go into boom, aliens. 
I really hope that they don't go into aliens. And I was trying to think about what they could have gone into before do? we got together for this podcast. Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah, they did DC and the Founding Fathers. They did Mount Rushmore and the City of Gold. Native American culture. Native American. Mm-hmm. What else is, you know, a historical American American thing? thing. Aliens. Roswell. I was thinking, and this is like so small on like the map of shit. Do it. The Alamo. Well, what happened at the Alamo? Or a lot of Mexicans Americans died. Or I could totally see them doing the Alamo. Like uh Davy Davy Crockett was like a secret some weird some, shit. Yeah. Yeah. And he died and but like Or 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 Grand Canyon. What's at the Grand Canyon? Who fucking knows? Aliens? I don't know. Like, okay, you got Grand Canyon, you got Alamo, you got uh, Jones, not Jonestown. What was that? What was that town that all the people disappeared? Roanoke. Roanoke. That would be that'd be tight. But there's an American horror story about that. Remember that one? Uh, oh, I didn't watch that one. That one was kind of cool. But um, yeah, Roanoke would be kind of cool. Alamo. Alamo is like too cliche. Because it's like Mount Rushmore, DC. I think Alamo. you have to go a little bit cliche. It does the triangle. Movies. It does the triangle. Bermuda Triangle. Bermuda Triangle. Bermuda Triangle. Wormholes. Or the Denver International Airport. Boom. <laughs> the home base for all conspiracy theories. Oh, yeah. Like it probably has an underground facility underneath the airport. They uh-huh. could totally go there or they Area could. 51. There's, they a, could. there's a lot of choices they, they can make. But are there? It's like, it's hard to think about what else is American based. I don't even know, man. Well, what's the TV show going to cover? That's coming out next I, month. Yeah, yeah. So I actually just saw the um, the full trailer for that yeah. today. And what do you think? I'm pretty hyped for it. Really? You know why? Why? There's two cameos in the trailer that look like they could be reoccurring characters. And that is the FBI agent. Okay. So he's in it. Nice. And he's also a Freemason in the movies. What? Yeah. Oh my God. So he has a Freemason pinky ring. I think he is. No. Yeah. That was the FBI agent. Yeah. He has a Freemason pinky ring. That was a, that was a good reveal. Or some at the shit. End. I was like, "Oh my god, he knows!" Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. So he knows all about it. So he's in the TV series. Cool. And he's older, of course. Yeah. You know, because this is shit, man. This is what, uh, this is twenty years later from the first movie. I know. Man, it's old. So he's got like white hair and years. white goatee. Same same looking dude. Right, and I'm I'm thinking, okay, this guy, this guy's gonna be a focal point, and then. Okay. Riley's in it. That's exciting. Do you think Abigail's going to be in it? You know she's going to be in that third one. I hope so. I really hope so. I I think that she's this great. I think this little short series, I mean it's going to be a full series, kind of like how we had one series of uh you know, smaller stuff out there. But anyways, um <laughs> <laughs> but um I think it's going to be like a series that gets the hype going again. For the okay. third movie. And it, it, it basically bridges the lost time between two and three. Okay. I think that's what this is going to this is gonna be. And it okay. does look like there is some supernatural stuff that goes on Ooh. within the series. Like nice. there's, I mean, not super supernatural, but like some of the little teased 
magic thing. We can call it magic. A few things that happen in the trailer. It's like, Ooh, this is not like, you know, compasses and chisels and shit. This isn't like, you know, termite ridden wood stairs and elevators. This isn't, you know, weird, dusty stuff in an attic. This is like glowing. Okay. I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe, okay. maybe this is aliens. Okay. Who knows? Yeah. I think because that was missing in these movies, it's like, which is cool and it does something different, but like Indiana Jones is like, there's magic. Mm-hmm. There's supernatural and there's magic. And like with these, it's like c- clues and puzzles. So it's more grounded. So yeah. I'm curious how the show is going to handle like more fantastical elements. For sure. But that's what like got me hooked in the first place was just with, you know, National Treasure as a series, the whole Robert Langdon series with Dan Brown. Like it's the puzzles, it's the symbols, it's how everything connects to each other. And just like, you know, it's very simple. Yeah. You don't have to overthink it. And, but it's just like, boom, your mind melts at like to all these different weird possibilities that come out of these stories. Yeah. Well, I hope I'm going to be looking forward to it. I'm going to watch it. I watched four hours of this franchise now. Now I'm, I'm invested, so I want to know where the show is going to go. So mm-hmm. probably have to do another one of these talking about I'm excited. the TV show, talking about the movie coming up. So Totally. I think there's a lot of runway. I just hope they don't mess it up. They can easily mess it up. Yeah, there's so much that they could do. And who knows? Maybe it'll transcend 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 into mexico maybe canada who knows i think mexico has more stuff to talk about i mean canada's got moose ice. moose <laughs> ice eskimos snow uh justin trudeau justin trudeau <laughs> um yeah it'd be cool like maybe maybe they bleed into like mexico and we get the whole like. I think that's where you go next. Lost Aztec, yeah, Mayans, Mayan stuff, all all this, all that stuff. Or that there's always cool. Atlantis, Bermuda Triangle, and that's where Graham Hancock comes in. You know, it's a lost civilization, the Ice Age, the Ice Age, Young and Dryas Impact Theory. <laughs> the rising waters uh, destroyed Atlantis. That's his theory with Atlantis. I mean, he that was a good series. It though. makes sense. It man. was good. It was good. So you're hyped now. I'm hyped. And for everyone else listening to this, if you like this weird conspiracy shit, yeah, that special on Netflix was solid. Ancient Apocalypse. Ancient Apocalypse. It was good. Nice little binge. It makes you learn stuff. It's like, oh my God, I didn't, like, it's more historical and like Graham Hancock is like, yeah, it's like, you know, uh, it's probably a lost civilization, guys. I like watching it because I felt as if I were back in high school and I forgot <laughs> to do my homework one day and I show up, I'm ready with a really good excuse as to why I didn't do my homework, but it's cause I was playing call of duty or halo until like the wee hours of the morning yeah. and I show up to class. I'm all nervous. And then the teacher rolls out the like tube TV on the stilts with the wheels on it yes, and VCR. pulls out the laser disc, laser the giant laser disc. Oh, you're just glad a laser disc. Oh, we had a laser disc. The Wait, disc itself. We just had a VCR. The disc itself was the size of like, you know, a vinyl. Not. It was larger than that. It was like the size of like a Humvee wheel in <laughs> Afghanistan. Like gigantic disc. Oh my god! And you're just god. like, man, I can, I can serve twenty people full course dinner on this thing. But yeah, yeah. that that I felt like I was back in like middle school history class. 
watching that thing. I don't know. I geek out about that stuff. All right. All right. Yeah. Go check out Ancient Apocalypse, National Treasure 1 and 2. And 2. Show's coming out. Third one's coming out. It's going to be a good time. Pete, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun. It's always a pleasure. All right. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's do this. And we're done. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.